Black Clock Audio Tales is brought to you by BunnySlippers.com. Check out their Dino Sound Slippers over at BunnySlippers.com. They are soft, they've got a non-skid footbed, and they fit up to like a size 9.5 men's, women's uh, 11, something like that. Anyway, uh, they're nice, they're awesome. BunnySlippers.com Welcome to Black Clock Audio Tales. We are a podcast that tells you a short story or a collection of short stories daily, about 20 minutes or so. Maybe half an hour, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. Also, we sometimes tell chapters from stories. One week at a time, one day at a time. And also, don't forget that we have our end-of-the-month Cthulhu Mythos special part of People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. I'm your host, D.B. Spitzer, and remember, you can check out People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos and Black Clock Audio Tales all over social media. You can check them out over at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but, you know, I mean, we just reprint stuff from the other stuff just on Twitter. Just better safe than sorry with Twitter. Alright, this month is all about Ambrose Bierce, and also we're going to have some stuff about Ran Tagoff later. Ken Height coming up this month, we've also got some uh, Andrew Grace, and our buddy Brian's going to be talking about some stuff too. And you know what, it's just a super cool month. And let's get going talking to Zach Ferguson, this is part of our series of talking to writers... You know, like one writer a month, just talking about writing, talking about what their process is, talking about weird, talking about whatever. And this time we're talking to Zach Ferguson, and we'll end up talking about uh, football, women's football, um, drinking while watching football. Uh, We'll talk about literature. We'll talk about, like, hey, what do you do when a group of small press people decide that they don't like you? A hint find another bunch of people of small press because it's small press and they're dime a dozen not saying that anyone i know in small press isn't cool just saying hey if you got problems with stuff you know go find new friends it's like when you got a D group or a book club and the people there are jerks you know go find another group and if that group's a bunch of jerks Maybe you should check and see if you're not the jerk. So, yeah, hey, thank you once again, and you can find t-shirts for us over at pgttcm.threadless.com, and you can go to the merch section over at the pgttcm.com website, and you can check out the RSS feed over at pgttcm.podbean.com where you can also become a patron and help support the show and make sure that we have more episodes and uh, episodes that you want to hear. If you like a type of episode that we have, let us know and we'll make more of those episodes. And coming up for the rest of the month, we're going to have Carmilla, written uh, 20-something years before Dracula. It's about sexy lesbian vampires, or at least that's what everyone tells me because I've only listened to bits and pieces while editing it. But hey, I talk to some folks, and we get it done. We get it nailed down, and uh, I learn about it before uh, I put it out. So hey, I mean, 
by this time you've you've heard the first two uh, bits of it. And I'm gonna wait a while before I put out uh, everyone talking about uh, Carmilla, just so that you know spoilers. I don't want to spoil stuff. All right, here we go, Zach Ferguson, and we'll talk to you after the end of the show, or maybe we'll just let you get on with your day. But thank you very much, and here I am finally again. I keep saying it, Zach Ferguson. Okay, here we go. Right about now. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's better to be fucking proactive than you know. It's like it's just like it's better to put your time into something you love. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I'm sure as a creator, it's like you don't write because you want to sit in front of a computer for two hours and like get mad at yourself. <laughs> you know, you write because mm. you want to write. Yeah. You write because you have to write. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's like it's like well, it's the thing of that like that great reveal, Mum. I've got something to tell you. Oh, it's all right, darling. I've always known. Well, always known what? You're gay. No, I'm I'm a writer. Oh, can't you do something a little bit better? It's almost as if they want you to come out and be anything, <laughs> and be anything, but be anything but a, a creator. Yeah. Oh, sweetheart, there's there's no money in that. Oh, don't do that. Why don't you get a career? Why don't you engineer? You know, with all the time you spend tapping away at a keyboard, you could be like building a car. What, you, you, like, we live in a reality now, like, like 20 years ago, if you came out as gay, you'd be cast out. Now, if you don't want a career other than anything, than engineering or anything that, like, stocks up your uh, bank account, it's like, get out my house! <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I think that was the reality, aged, like, 15. I was like, Mum, I want to be an artist. She's like, well, you ain't under my roof anymore, boy. <laughs> get out! No son of mine's gonna be a genre writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Be a creator, and it's like that's not that's not viable. It's not it's not realistic, and it's like what well, it is because I'm doing it. Yeah, but it's not viable. Got to think about your future, and we live in a reality now where it's like I, I much prefer you to come out as you know. Maybe you've got a fetish. Then at least we can work together on something. But as an artist, we can't work together on this, and it's like. I, what what do you want from me? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> personally, personally for me, I I came from like a super duper duper working class family, and like telling my family like you know, hey, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I do all this stuff, new media, all these various things that I, I I've been doing for years, digital this and whatnot, mm. and my dad's like. Well, you need to go to school for something, though. It's like 2000 or not 2009. Okay, I don't want to say how old I am. Anyway, so a long time ago when I was a teenager, my dad's like, well, you got to go to school for something. You got to go to trade school for something. Go be a chef. At least that's creative. I mean, you know, I, I understand how parents want you to succeed and do well, but it's like they themselves never were like, well, I didn't get to be creative. So therefore, I'm going to be like, you don't get to be creative. And... Yes, yes, that, <laughs> that, that that is it. It's 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 always the age-old cliche. Like you hear all these filmmakers, and it's like, uh, what did your family think? They were like, well, they thought I was a loser, and yeah. they still think I'm a loser. <laughs> like Martin Scorsese was like, last time I spoke to my father, he he kind of asked me, when are you going to get a real job? And it's like your son's Martin Scorsese for yeah. God's sake. It's just, what reality? But it's it's different. It's 
different courses for different horses. But yeah, my, yeah. My, luck, luckily enough, my my grandparents, my nan and my granddad, and even my mum, in a little way, uh-huh. they, they 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 grow they grow like okay, this is this is their place. It's like my son can't can't hold down a proper job and if he has that time to do something passionately and with gusto and with purpose who am i to criticize him but there's still like that undercurrent niggling like even my granddad like i come from a working class family mm-hmm. and my granddad's always kind of like you know 40 years as a carpet fitter it does a real strain on your legs but it gives you a real sense of purpose you know what i'm saying <laughs> and i'm like i'm like look i'm looking at my knees i'm looking at my hands and it's not calloused it's just like it, there's no form of labor or any evidence of like prolonged labor and i look at him and he's just like like an ex-boxer battered and bruised and he's just mellowing in the light of his past glories <laughs> it's like do you want to get into a boxing ring with me just so you know i can give some validity to your manhood <laughs> no, no thank you because even at the age of 76 you could probably beat the shit out of me oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a thing of like uh put a football in front of you and it's it's like you're gonna kick it and i'm like i, I much prefer finish my chapter yeah and like... growing up i was all you're always being told you don't like sport i do like sport but i don't want to play it yeah i can enjoy the i can enjoy the game but I don't want to partake in it. And then it alienates you to a point that you're like, fuck sport. But recently, over the last couple of years, I've fallen in love with football again. Yeah, yeah. And my granddad's like, looking at me from the corner of his eye like 20 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you, uh, what, what are you liking in football these days? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just liking I'm the, my my. T- Team, it's it's not like I'm a proper like. Yeah, I'm gonna buy the t-shirts. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go to the games. It's just which whichever team whichever team and football like certain players if mm-hmm. they're playing to a certain caliber on the day. But I'm looking forward to the Premier League in the UK recently. It's it's been heavily advertised and it's like it's getting me excited. And I think maybe it's it's not the excitement of the game, but the culture that goes with it in the uh-huh, UK, uh-huh. meaning you. You can get pissed up every evening, so I think that's more to do with it. It's an excuse to get drunk and be outrighteously obnoxious, screaming out my w- window like "Come on, boys!" <laughs> uh, lately, uh, America has been seeing quite the renaissance in football with like our uh, U.S. World uh, U.S. World uh, Women's Team. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, soccer's cool again. It's not just a bunch of." Uh, it's not just a bunch of guys from Central America on an American team. <laughs> yeah. uh, the dick swingers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They outdo all of these professionals, all of these icons oh, yeah. within within one game. And you're thinking, this game was it was it's almost crafted for you specifically. And then you have the New England team on the fringes like well women you know they're they're on our turf but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give them allowance and it's like boys to suck up that ego and realize that down 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 the line it probably will be all all women's soccer because there's a lot of um there's more respect between female players than male players there's less ego like if you if you're skinning someone or tackling someone they always pick 
hook them up, give them a pat on the back. But in the UK, they like start fucking fighting and spitting each other's faces. And it's just, it shows you up. It shows you up as a nation, and it does show up the real toxic masculinity underlying the lot of our sport. So it's yeah, really yeah. refreshing. It was so refreshing watching the all female World Cup. Because it, it, it was just a different type of game, and it, it, it really brought in, you know, the, the meaning of sport, the camaraderie. You know, it's a it is a competitive thing, but by nature, it's not about credos and, and a mythos surrounding select football players in their own name. And it's, yeah. it was just really fucking refreshing in a lot of ways because it's not dick swinging, spitting, and just. Just red card pulling, and this is just you know, and also a couple of pints of beer makes a game go a lot quicker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> they're good. Exactly. It's much nicer to see people excelling at their profession than excelling at their personality that's yeah. been crafted by a committee. It's it's like even with all these young football players, mm-hmm. even before you've you've seen them play a game game of football, you've seen them in advertisements, you've seen them in modelling agencies, and it's like this is a world world like well the best footballer the the, the hat trick king, and you're like I've never seen him play a fucking game. <laughs> I know who you're. I know who he's sponsored by, but I don't know what team he plays for. But I know how much money he earns, and I'm very bitter about it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm not a sports person in general. But it's kind of like that newly awakened like like veil of I actually like this. Yeah. So then it's like it, it seems as if you have something to talk about, but after a couple of like sentences or a couple of minutes, it fizzles out, and yeah. then people then expect you to be like king of the uh, sports conversation, like you're a columnist, and it's like no, I just enjoy the game, and that that's the be all end all of it. It's just. It's... Recently, World Cup was going on, and I, I live blocks away from this really nice uh, um, German bar. Or yeah, I mean it's it's a German it's a German uh, it, it's a German bar, and they've just got German beers on tap, and um, it, it's like soccer, and you can get a liter of beer, which liters of beer in America are far and few between, honestly. And really, <laughs> you can sit there with a liter and watch like World Cup soccer and shout at Sweden. And people be oh. like, oh, man, who are you rooting for? It's like, oh, I'm just here to drink drink and shout. <laughs> and people are like, okay, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is, that, to be honest, yeah, that is the, the, the whole appeal for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, then you're like you're like you're banned from all these different bars and public places because you get far too obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, thankfully. Yeah, well, it's the thing is, it's like, do, do you know that you know that guy who's like slumped in the corner, keep telling everyone he's an experimentalist. Please, just pull him out. We don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like football, but but I like drinking. Guess what? I'm, I'm, all right experimental fiction and they're like dude you look like you, you're an experiment gone wrong just go home <laughs> <laughs> yeah no just as, as as there is in sports i feel like in writing you have these like people who are like these larger than life personalities who get to you know be the big swinging dicks of literature whether they uh you know deserve to be or not <laughs> it's like yeah yeah you're a big yeah. deal 20 years ago what have you done for me lately 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. It's like, um, but that's the thing. It, you, it happens across everywhere. Like I, I say to people, my my purpose as a writer is for myself. I don't set out for an audience. Yeah. That's why I'm never going to be bit picked up by big publishers. So I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in telling the story or conveying my attitudes and my perspectives for more posterity. But then if it can be folded up into a product, almost commercialised form, so then people can reach out and pick it up. I mean, like, I much prefer that my legacy, as much as I have one, like, I'm more known in this so-called community as a jerk and an arsehole. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I, much pref- I much prefer to be known as that yeah. in this moment because when I when I eventually die they'll be like what is that jerk and asshole what what has he actually done and then when they do pick my stuff up I'd like to think they would discover s- some content that chimes with them like I I do have a readership but then a lot of the times you grow quite you know, uh, in, internal, like, do, are they my be-all, end-all? Am I just writing for them? And then you get yourself in a crux and a position. And and I think that is, in a lot of ways, is what I think we're going to be going on and talking about and mm-hmm. as to why I why I created Gomez Agonia. And, <laughs> and a lot of people believed in him as this as this creation because... Oh, I did. I was, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was... I, I felt that even... Even though I was writing under the guise and under a, a, a publication house at Nihilism Revised as you're, you're totally creatively free, I didn't really feel like it because you're still catering to the small press community and you, sure. still, need, you still need to rein in your individuality. And as much as I did kind of feel creatively free and as much as I pontificated about how Nihilism Revised gave you complete freedom mm-hmm. deep down subconsciously I, I really didn't i didn't i didn't feel i didn't feel true to myself i didn't feel like i was writing yeah for for myself anymore it was almost like these people are interested in nihilism revised they're yeah. going to have a modicum of interest in what i'm doing sure but i don't i don't want people to be ex, um have expectations of me because we're human we're individuals and we we can we have peaks and troughs and we can we can turn, we can have good days, bad days, and uh-huh. it was always a faux pas of an existence. So I kind of said, I want to be a larger than life character. This 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 phantom mystique character who doesn't know the lay of the land when it comes to the literary community. Yeah. And then whatever writing comes out under Gomez Gonya, I don't have to take the brunt of the criticism or take the brunt of well the thing is in the small press community if you're not doing something wrong you're not doing something right yeah and i just felt like i don't need to take responsibility anymore for being myself because i I was left in a position where i was going on podcasts not talking about my work and what i love but talking about my autism and my individuality having to try and get through to a certain minutia and minority that the way i am it's the way I am, mm-hmm. as my life is dictated by my condition. And then you're criticised even for that. Yeah. Oh, that motherfucker's using it as an excuse. Da, 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 da. And I just, I got really down and I thought, I want to be this larger than life character who writes experimental fiction that, in a lot of ways, shouldn't exist because there's no there's no validation behind it. There's no audience. There's no expectation. There's no select... Uh, um, 
internalization to then be externalized. So I created him, and a lot of people, as much as they would want to dislike him, he was this character who's a 68, 70-year-old, who's a hitchhiker based in the UK, he's Mexican, his English is very broken, and he's never had anything released because he was one of those really internalized, struggling, battling artists with addictions, uh -huh. and it was really good because writing through that veil and that guise I was able to go back to being the, the artist I'd always wanted to be uh -huh. instinctual in the moment and that's why the follow-up to eat your keyboard destroy your keyboard took two years because there's too much um uh contemplation what mm. am I going to do to up myself what am I going to do to best Zach A. Ferguson and it was like I don't want to best Zach A. Ferguson I just want to write a book that's to my intent and my feelings and then when the fallout with nihilism revised and me took place there was a book i wrote as my intended debut when i was 16 17 called what mr wants mr gets and it's a very pretty much a cut up consciousness book it mm -hmm. came it came out of a discovery of william s burroughs and a variant of other writers like anthony mm -hmm. burgess yeah. Irvin welsh and it was it came from a place of total uh it's inspiration. It was a place where it was like, I, this is what you can do in literature. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah, I'm going to go and try and do this. And then when I discovered it uh, in an old file, I said, this is not something by Zach A. Ferguson. Zach Arsehole Ferguson. <laughs> that, I think that, <laughs> that, that, I think that, uh, that, that A need, needed to be eradicated in yeah. my reset because it's just open it's just open for interpretation zap arsehole ferguson yeah. so i took it and I I, I I i created that mystique online about gomez wanting to release his stuff under nihilism revised yada da, da, da. but in a lot of ways it was basically me saying zach a ferguson doesn't exist zach ferguson doesn't exist gomez exists but in a way gomez doesn't exist the art in of itself exists pure unadulterated unedited you know cut up consciousness stuff mm -hmm. and uh i was put and i thought but i need to create a mythology around it to give a little bit of credence behind why it should be published but then again that was another contradiction to my point if i'm trying to make a mythology behind it that's catering to a minority basically saying this is a reason you should pick it up and buy it yeah so when the fallout came i said you know what at the age of 17, this was my intended debut as Zach Ferguson. I'm going to release it with its original title. I'm going to expand upon it. I'm going to kind of rewrite it, but I'm not going to tamper with the typos or errors. What am I going to do? I'm going to experiment. I'm going to extend the typos and errors. I am almost going to give a prolonged, <laughs> a prolonged um, naivety and amateurish streak and it was it is petulance personified because a lot of my emotions are construed as petulant and extreme and that's what's part and parcel of me as a creator but there's a real kookiness and irrelevancy that people can enjoy and i think that's why a lot of people enjoyed eat your keyboard with what they could understand of it because it was petulant but in a humorous streak whereas it was so re self reverential it was almost forgivable whereas people can go oh you petulant bitch i don't like your attitudes people were like oh my god this guy's just going for it and there's no it's no holds barred and i felt like there was a disconnect and I, I wasn't really experiencing that with my current releases so when my um 
I decided to pull my books from release with Nihilism revised. Uh, I wanted to re-release them as Zach, Infer- as Zach Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Because that's who I wanted to be. That's who I wanted to be. That's always, that's always who I've wanted to be. Zach Ferguson, who wrote the works that he would want to read himself. Not from audience, not for flag wavers, not for people who want to put you on a committee mm-hmm. or want to put you on, like, you know, who want to interrogate you behind your every decision and every movement online. And, you know, I don't exist in reality of the norm. I'm not overtly politicised. I'm I'm a very very lower class individual. I'm on the fringes of reality, and I always said this to people in the community. I'm not party to your community because I don't believe in your bullshit, dip, you know, your bullshit politics, your bullshit narcissism, your over ego. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just pulled myself away from it. And then with what Mister Wants, Mister Gets, it was a rediscovery and it was a rebirth. So that's why a lot of my works from there on will be under Zach Ferguson and what Mr. Wants Mr. Gets it's a story as usual it's an unreliable narrator but it's about a man who wants to create a, almost a new breed of serial killer but because he's so unreliable you can't tell whether he's lying <laughs> but then sometimes he's so compelling because some of the extremities the rape the overt xenophobia the racism it's it's me highlighting that it, individuals like this exist but do individuals exist like this in this guy's eye that he wants to extrapolate it and build it into an almost statuesque deity that he can take upon himself and throughout the book he hasn't got a name he is just referred to as mister because that's who he wants to be he's a serial killer rapist you know the real grotty of the grottiest but in other sequences there are love letters and real introverted moments where he is a decent human being and there is no access point for the audience to realize is he telling the truth is he real or is all of this just a delusion is this actually fiction and i was going to release it under gomez as a semi-autobiography because i thought that would really twist people's perspectives of him they'll go Mm -hmm. this guy is repulsive really tap into what a lot of people do in the community a lot of people don't know the distinguishability between fiction and reality author and artist and i thought if i brought it out as a autobiography mm-hmm. people would run for gomez they would tear him apart but you know what they couldn't because i killed him but then i thought this is an even greater thing even in death would these people go out their way to run his name into the ground in such an extent that a lot of people have been trying to do with me yeah but then i just <laughs> I just thought this is a social experiment that has, you know, really proven to me a lot of things. And it proved it's it's it was unnecessary because uh, because once all the infrastructure kind of crumbled and people were turning on me, I'm thinking this mystique and this mythology behind him has become more about them than it was about me again and then i was like i need to strip it bare and i just need to say he didn't exist he was there for me to rediscover myself but up and rediscovering myself he then became something that an audience could pick upon and pick on and that was my intent and purpose but then again it just became another thing the lunacy of it all when i posted out the fake death of gomez people were really lying like oh i had some great conversations with gomez oh it will always be me 
realised, oh, I saw him at a couple of poet readings, and I'm like, you fucking liars. I'm like, I've never met you, I've never spoken to you, but because the fiction of it was so true, I think a lot of people did were, were swayed by it. And it was it was a social experiment, but one that really just ran thin for me, because in the end, it became, I'm catering to these, these people who want to pretty much believe in him. So when it came about that it isn't in inherently incoherently incoherent by Gomez Agonia. It's actually what Mr. Wants Mr. Gets by Zach Ferguson. Mm-hmm. But the book in a lot of ways it's I say I say it in the book, the history of the novel and everything that's that's gone on around it is probably more interesting than the actual piece of fiction. <laughs> it's more interesting, I think my afterword than the actual book <laughs> because it is it, it's not cut up method in the way because i don't do cut up method like people anticipate i don't mm-hmm. write it and then and then mismatch it i sit opposite my laptop i might write a segmentation and then i'll just go on a tangent and it is cut up consciousness and it is dadaism in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and it's like i like to visually um and I do a lot of typography that I think the Dadas would really appreciate because I like to take words and typography and grammar and I like to cre- create a picture out of it, though it might be a little bit abstract sure. or experimental or visual. I just like to play. I like to play and I like to create my own literary rules. Like you have authors out there who are academic and intellectual and vowels and nouns and verbs and all the, you know, almost overly politicised nature of, you know, what comes to being a literary uh, figurehead. None of that applies to me. If it, I just take words and do with them what I feel is tangible, textual, aesthetical and meaningful because a lot of my books are fucking meaningful i talk about what's going on nationwide societally politically but i'm so disjointed from it due to the caliber and nature of of what experimentalism is Mm -hmm. but there is always some form of story in there and i think in a lot of ways what mr wants mr gets as it is my most experimental and obscene, it's probably my most linear of works because it has got a narrative. It does have a beginning, a middle and an end. Uh Here's a man who was a journalist, or was he a journalist, who then discovers that he's disenfranchised, he's more hooked on the money and the drugs and the life. He's more hooked on the notion of uh, public appreciation and public extrapolation that he wants to create a new form, a new breed of serial killer. And you go through this adventure with all these episodes and vignettes of all the characters he meets and creates and the real contemplations of where he wants to go. But again, is it a lie or is it a truth? And I like to think that the audience can pick out these puzzle pieces and it doesn't matter. Not 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 jagged piece. Like, this is the belief of it. My work is a puzzle piece, but there isn't any form of strategized forum to it. It's like if I take these puzzle pieces, I can make the intended whole as the author intends. And I don't believe in that. I believe all these puzzle pieces they will fit into whatever form as you want. You can create your own whole out of it, and that's what I love about experimentalism. You can imbue this piece of story more with personal asides and experiences and interpretations than what the author is overall trying to tell you i think you can garner a lot more of society and your own beliefs out of an author who you supposedly are of the belief is telling you something concurrent Mm -hmm. and 
I just, and that's what where experimentalism for me reigns supreme. I think a lot of people think it's a lazy man's load, but mm-hmm. it's very fucking hard. It is difficult, and it's not to do with getting red. I don't like. I said I don't give a fuck whether I've had one person, two people, fifty people reading my books. As long as one person has come away from it and has read something into it, like you did with Eat Your Keyboard, mm-hmm. that was enough for me. And I really appreciate people who do read my stuff, even in the wake of... And this is the thing that's the truth. When I broke up with Nihilism Revised and the extreme horror community and the bizarro community had kind of vilified me, mm-hmm. you are in a place of thinking, they have sway over my career. They have sway over my career and my readership. Guess what? They fucking don't. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, haven't, they, they haven't picked up my books. They haven't read my books. They also haven't given me the time of day to show myself as an individual. So why should I fucking care what I look like in their eyes? Also, upon the release of what Mr. Wants, Mr. Gets, and, and carving it and putting it together myself and with what, what copies I have sold of it, it's evidence. Outside of all this literary community, I don't need to be part of your community to get my stuff read because that's not my overall point. But then again, it's made their point rather a rather a moot point. You're nothing without us, la 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 la. No, I am because my book sales have shown it to me. Uh, what I was going to say, and I, I don't want to shit on any particular uh, literary community in general, but anyone out there who like has a problem with a literary community, and I know there's writers out here who listen to this show is move to a new literary community is what I always tell people. It's like, oh, these people are mean to me and they don't do this and they're not like this and they're not supporting me. It's like, find other people. You know how many other publications? Small press is small press. I mean, literally every every town you go to, you're going to find two or three, you know, any major city you go to, you're going to find at least three major small presses in your genre. I mean, it's so... Exactly. And there's more than one bizarro community. And and if you don't like it, start your own. community. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, that... Yeah. And that's... uh, Oh... Yeah, don't go, don't go put ideas in my head. <laughs> well, I'm putting ideas in everyone but, else's head out there, so. Some bizarre novelist. Yeah. It's one and done, it's happened. I don't hold any grudges. I don't dislike the bizarro community. No, yeah. I fucking, I love what they're putting out. And I um, feel like you're the, only talking about a fraction of the bizarro community even, because it's like. Ex- I, ex- I, exactly. I, I, I know some of the people that you're talking about, and I'm like thinking to myself, ah, that's just like one corner of the party it's like i'm talking to these people over here i'm talking to those people over Mm. there and And it's like yeah and that's what and that's what the release of what mr wants mr gets very much uh verified it was like i was of the belief i'm gonna release this book and everyone's just gonna blind side me of that corner of that community and that would affect me overall in this wide ever expanding map and it kind of like told me no no these people might not like you might not agree with you but their opinion doesn't hold swell over, you know, the millions and millions or thousands out there who can, you know, uh, approach you and build friendships with you and who will come across you. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was it was a really like it was a real good reboot to the system. And it was it kind of verified for me that I can exist outside of the community and still be able to get my work read and have a few people who engage with me. And that was enough to be honest and it's very humbling to be in a position where i can write and i can focus 
on my art and you know my 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 truth and my my passion behind nihilism revised still stands i still am a huge supporter of everybody else's work i i love people who want to create for the sake of art and i'm contemplating hopefully within the next year or so to maybe start my own you know like do what do do the thing that i've always wanted i want to do a non-profit organization that puts out books that you know aren't of the norm mm-hmm. not saying that there isn't publication houses not doing that there's sure. a beautiful publication house called Dusko Dusto- I will say it properly Dostoevsky Wannabe and they release some masterful and I mean almost mind altering pieces of experimental prose poetry uh, non-fiction uh, literature and it was humbling to know that it's a non-profit organisation that's truth is about the product and what's contained between the pages. So, you know, I'm at, I'm at a place where I'm, I've am i still got my middle finger extended to the world, like, fuck you all, but with that, sh- that you know, that, that, that cheeky ch- ch- grin behind it, like, I'm not out to upset anyone or hurt anybody, uh-huh. but my, my literature is. <laughs> my literature is always going to... <laughs> My, my, my literature is always going to, you know, rub people up the wrong way or sure. it's going to it's going to open up a can of worms. But that's what that's what art is for, I think. And that's why it's placed there. And what Mr. Wants Mr. Gets really, it it, 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 it centrifies and cements all my current emotions and what I'm going through. And it, it is it, it, it's a real punch in the face. This, this is that Ferguson, and if you're with him for this ride and the remainder of what little what little space he may or may not have in his career, uh, this is what you're 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 going to expect and anticipate. And you know, since pulling myself away from a certain corner of a community and spending less time online, I've done so much fucking work. Like yeah. I have a hundred, I have like a one thousand page book that I'm working on that's collecting, eat your keyboard, destroy your keyboard, and rape your keyboard. I'm working on uh, just releasing bumper books. I have Dimension Halls lined up for release in the next couple of months. And it's uh, it's also something, it proved to me that I can create my own books in my own time um, with my own singular vision, the way I want it formatted, the sizes. And sure. I don't really have to be beholden or expectant or, you know, weighing in on someone. Like, I, I, I imagine that it must have been a lot of pressure, me sitting on the sidelines whilst S.C. Burke was editing the Nihilism Revised books. And he was kind of like, oh, fuck's sake, I, I have Zach on the... Uh... <laughs> I was like in an almost phantom image outside on my lawn, waving, going, hello, do you know those 10 books? I sent you. When are you going to put them together? And it's like that form that that form of pressure is no longer at anyone else's door because I wouldn't like that pressure to be on anybody's head. And now uh, it's kind of been put upon my own head, so I can really see where the pressures of being a publisher comes from. But it's a it's a pressure and an experience that I really fucking welcome. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Very nice. So yeah, that's a. Uh, I that's kind of that was kind of the 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 thing that, that that's been on the back of my mind for a while, and a lot of people don't really want to didn't really want to talk don't really want to talk about um, fiction uh, my, my, my fiction with me. So sure. you giving me the, giving me this opportunity to you know for a change actually talk about one singular piece of uh, work that I've 
done, interspersed with what I have done, it, it's actually, it's, it's really nice because every other interview, as I've said before, I've done since has been me defending uh, my personality or what I said or didn't say and basically being a flag waver for nihilism revised, which to this day, I'm in full support of what they're fucking doing sure. because, you know, the appeal, the appeal of what nihilism revised was doing to begin with, uh, it, it's still doing what it wants to do, but it's growing in bigger and broader terms that I couldn't quite compute and accept, and I yeah. just didn't want to be part of, because there's a lot of names and a lot of people that, you know, once something's said and once someone's hurt me, I don't hold grudges, but there's a certain extent to how much hurt and pain can be inflicted upon you in a personal level before you can say, yeah, I want to within company of these so nihilism revised is cuddled up into that corner of the world where a lot of the people in that community don't like me mm -hmm. and i just felt like you know i don't have a place here anymore i don't feel like i'm i, I i'm adding much to it i'm if anything tainting it i'm being told i'm tainting it whereas in a lot of ways i did a lot for nihilism revised i took quite a lot of heat for nihilism revised and you know uh uh, as much as in the wake of it, I may have been angry and like, fuck you, oh fuck, I did so much, da 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 I'm not going to say it wasn't worth it, because mm -hmm. this is what makes us. And I think the writers that they're still continually to put out, um, I'm going to be buying them, because Nihilism Revised is still Nihilism Revised. Sure. But the truth, I think the truth of what it meant to me as a creator was a lot of imbuement on my side. I saw so, so much in it that, in a lot of ways... I, I had too much expectations of it, and it didn't really slot up with what I wanted. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, if it can't align with your wants, just do it yourself. And that's what I'm going to be doing from now on. And you know what? It's who knows? Who knows where it will take me? But I'm I'm still here. It's like it's like that. <laughs> it's like Jack Phoenix. I'm still here, it's, except I haven't <laughs> got the beard. And uh, I haven't got the millions, but it, it feels like that type of rejuvenation after Gomez. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's fun, and I, I'm continually going to go out there and support others. But if you if you're an arsehole and you're not spreading positivity, and you're being a hypocrite, or you're you're being the antithesis to what you think you believe, I'm always going to be that person who's going to pull you up on it. And a lot of people don't like that, but you know, come see come sir you know i'm not a carjacker living in america i don't run a rape coat i live in brighton i'm a little i'm a little little known force who you know just creates for the therapeutic uh, nature and philosophical and well you know just i just create because it's all i have and it's my whole thing and i'm not there to cause any damage unless it's between the pages of a book yeah man something i have to say is like the people who do well at these publications at these like small press publications honestly um one thing that i've noticed is if you put out like collections of people's stuff and then put out collections of public domain stuff you could put out the public domain collections of like people you really like and then get money to fund the <laughs> stuff that people don't like so much or people don't know that they like yet, you know, just like it's, it's, it's one thing yes. that I've seen with some uh, smaller presses that actually succeed because I've seen like uh, weird fiction and bizarro fiction magazines pop up and die off 
like mm. so much in like the last like five years. It's and, uh, and the places that really do it are the it, ones it, it, that are willing to reprint something that's you know just a classic. Exactly. Well, exactly. It's um, it's it, it it's it's never you know it's it's a thing of like there's a lot of new writers out there, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways with content that is out there, a rediscovery is it is a new person. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, why should we reprint something that's all, what's already been shown? Well, if your attitude is you want to get content out there that people may not have read, you know, don't, 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 don't put yourself in the position like we're only publishing new writers or we're only publishing established writers. Sure. Writers. Just be free for all. Be open-minded. And there's a lot of content out there that it's reprinted because <laughs> for a reason. It, it, yeah that it has that it has that quality in that level and in a lot of ways though a lot of people can surmise oh i've read that or i've seen that there before there might be one or a thousand people who have never read that piece and then it gives exposure to an already established writer or has been had been who you know could see a revival in appreciation recently not recently the last two years ago um i was introduced to um uh, uh master pugmire's work who mm-hmm. sadly passed yeah and um uh, a lot of people were like, yeah, I, I've, I've really been into him since like, you know, for like 20, 30 years. And I was really into, he was in the punk scene with me and it was like, oh, well, it's like, I'm, I'm going to seek, seek this guy out. And his stuff is, um, it's, oh, it's, it's powerful and it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. he had a lot of shorts that were republished and circulated. And then yeah. when you happen across them and, and you happen across them in collections and it, you, you have that smile of like, you know, I know that guy now because of that one short story I happened across in that collection. And it's that, that kind of, it's that longevity of being an artist. And even in death, he is going to live on for not just his work, but his, his lovely, lovely personality Certainly. and his self and his passion for weird fiction and HP Lovecraft and his lovely relationship with him and St. Joshi, and um, you know, it's uh, that longevity and that legacy is, in a big sad way as well. It's 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 concreted in death, and that's where I'm of belief where I will come from. I hope that people might look upon me in, in my death and think, "Hey, I happen across him. He is an all right guy, but his work." Yeah, I dicked his work more than his uh, his uh, selfies and his uh, naked uh, Instagram posts and his uh, his seizure um, causing shorts on his Instagram. Yeah, but I liked his writing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all part of. Uh, I, I think it's all part of the package. I mean, I don't want to say that you are your content mm. or your content's you, but I, I I don't know. I feel like the artist and particularly with you because the way that you advertise yourself and the way that you use social media i don't feel like you how you do that i think that shows who you are and your writing speaks for itself but you get an idea of this is zach this is what zach writes and i think it is part of a package to be like oh it's Mm, not just some degenerate in his in his mum's basement just like cranking out this like weird (laughs) terrible stuff it's like someone who's like oh no no i have to go into a place to be this terrible (laughs) it's being creative it's not just being gross yeah Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, I think it does really go into that that package piece, and I, I, I'm I'm quite a translucent person and 
personality. And I think there's hardly a distinction between me and the artist because I am who I am. I'm out yeah. there. I can be obnoxious, abrasive, but sure. I think I'm all right. I think yeah. I'm quite kooky. <laughs> Ah, so uh, what, uh, what, do you, what do you have coming up next? Next I have Dimension Halls, which I think will be around August the 24th or the 26th. Nice. I'm having a beautiful cover designed by uh, a man called Paul Tone, who's um, he's a great, he does great cut-up digitai um, artwork. Nice. And I think people should seek out his stuff. He's also really into, like, the... Uh, the uh, noise experimental uh, music culture and uh, a wonderful artist himself who gave me a really good bloody rate on a, a uh, cover and i was like uh, thank you so much because i really <laughs> needed this <laughs> yeah very cool, very cool. <laughs> so yeah dimension whores and then after that hopefully come christmas i'm collecting a taste of feeling with its follow-up volatile voices volatile universe but under the title volatile voices and volatile universe and then after that i think the year next year is just compiling that big 1000 page badass book called the system compendium and i'm just want to get as many people involved as possible because i feel like that platform it shouldn't just be open for me to experiment uh -huh. i want other people i want other and it's not me saying i want you to experiment in my world no 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 no. i want you to invest and in and you know intrude like a virus your own experimental stuff your own stories it doesn't need to conform to anything and i'm really fucking excited but i i'm I'm, I, already I'm feeling the uh, jitters because I've been formatting my side of things and I'm three weeks in and I've only done 60 pages of what is so far 800 pages of content Yeah. so it's it's going to be a great undertaking but I'm really looking forward to it and if anyone listening to this is into experimentation really wants to you know like play with words, grammar have a vignette, have any visual art that would like to see contained within this huge opus that i really want to be a love letter to all forms of experimentation uh hit me up on facebook because i i, I want to meet as many fellow-minded creators as possible and uh where, where where and who are you on social media these days i'm on instagram under sweat drenched writ it used to be sweat drenched writer but then i got banned from instagram for a while because i put up a a, 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 a dick bottle opener and that was enough to strip my rights strip my rights of a um i was i was performing fellatio on it but you, you know it was uh, that that was enough to strip my rights for instagram wow. but no, a sweat drenched writ and on facebook which you know you can easily message me and i'll, I'll i'll be lickety split to reply um it's just zach ferguson and um yeah, Instagram is the place where I, I frequent the most at the moment because it's a visual platform and there's a lot of people out there cool. who put out some amazing pieces. And though I'm not a visual artist, I try and entertain what little audience I do have with my uh, my, uh, my my artist life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's fun stuff. It's it's real fun little short little uh, uh, seizure inducing uh, little short films here and there. Uh, sometimes you making old faces, you. Uh, using uh <laughs> russian apps to make you look like an old man and <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think that I think I, I, I was smart by cutting out like the title of the face app and then 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 filtering it so people surmise always. Oh, really talented when it comes to uh, Photoshop. Now I just use the same old devices as everyone else. I just crop out. I just crop out the name of the. Uh, I just crop out the name of the uh, actual um, app. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm just curious if in the future people are going to use that to be like, oh, that's going to be. Uh, so. So I can get some respect in this community. I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a 17 year old kid who just wrote this uh, strange uh, oh horror piece. So so I can get some goddamn respect. I'm gonna be an old man in this photo. <laughs> that's why I've changed. That is literally why I've changed my Facebook profile to this like to this bearded guy who's looking off forlornly into the camera lens because people can see behind the eyes the soul of the artist. But if they didn't have that grading or that app, they'd be like, "Oh, who the fuck is that? I don't want him as my friend." <laughs> And so I went to the go for it was a little bit Charles Bukowski and a little bit Zach Ferguson. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, I'll let you go, my friend. Cool. And what Mister Wants, Mister Gets is currently available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It is indeedy. All right. And then I, I, this is just so I can like edit this all up together so we have a nice good ending. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for coming on to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos Black Clock Audio Tales and talking football and literature and what you got going on and what you plan for the future it's always come on to the show you're always welcome one of my favorite guests thank you thanks again to zach ferguson for being on the show talking about his upcoming book which you know as as we just said you can check out on amazon and if you want to help support our show and you know keep the keep the lights on Keep, keep keep the mics going. Uh, why not donate a buck or five to paypal.me slash pgttcm or pick up one of our super cool shirts over at pgttcm.threadless.com help support the show. Another way to help support the show is five-star giving, rating, high-fiving, telling your friends about it, and all that kind of cool stuff that, you know, just lets other people know that you enjoy the podcast and it's something they may enjoy as well. Help the show grow, and... Yeah. You know, and, uh... I love you. <laughs> <laughs>